Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to our latest episode of Diving Into Crypto. This is JP from Adlunum INC speaking to you about Web3. And our guest today is the CTO of Adlunum, Mr. Lawrence Hudson. He's a software visionary and has worked on technology from longer than most of us can remember, but has always been at the, the forefront of the cutting edge tech that has shaped the industry from Web 1, Web 2, and now Web 3. So, Lawrence, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, great to be here, and what a privilege to get to talk about on a subject like this. Um, it's fantastic. And we'll be glad to have you on this program today, Lawrence. Um, so, let's, without further ado, let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, please remember that Ideas shared on this on this particular program belong to that of the speaker, and any information that you have is meant for education purposes only. Right? Okay, Lawrence. Before we begin into to get into the meat of this, uh, tell me a little about you know what drew you into the Web three space. I know you've you've been at the forefront of it from from you know right from the start, but uh, what drew you to technology as a whole? I think that may be a better question to ask. Yeah, that's. Uh... That's a really good question, Jarvis. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, I worked on some of the early protocols for the Internet. Actually, was a contractor and developer on the first global Internet based on TCP IP um, and did several major projects uh, in that area. One was probably the most notable one is that you would recognize as Travelocity, which ended up getting purchased by Expedia. All that in the Web 2.0 world. Um, but at some point it became like, uh, the same old, same old, um, you know, after the, after Travelocity and after Amazon, then came the social media space, people being able to operate in this most social media space. And to me, it became very boring and disinteresting because, you know, the cutting edge stuff was gone. Um, uh-huh. and then, um, just. Basically, serendipitously, I went to a, a to a, 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 a conference in Slovenia up in the wow. middle of nowhere at a ski resort uh, in Marlborough, Slovenia, on the border of Austria and the middle of nowhere, basically, and walked in. I didn't even know it was a blockchain conference and went in and went to this conference. And um, it w- turns out it wasn't even advertised as a blockchain conference. People from oh. all over the world were there. And I'm like, what is going on here? Had mm-hmm. no idea. I, I, I basically was the was the guy telling my my friends as a technical guy that Bitcoin was a Ponzi scheme. Why are they even into it without even bothering to look at it? So right. I find myself in this situation with all these people. And I'm like, hmm, something's going on here. Having been right. in these kind of conferences for 20 years. And yeah, that was the beginning. That was the eye opener. I drilled down mm-hmm. in the technology, realized that, wow, this is this is a, a, as great an invention as TCP IP, which runs the Internet today. Fundamentally, uh, uh, an equivalent of 
of the invention of electricity, um, you know, that kind of fundamental with, with all the, the possibilities in front of it. So that's how I got into it. And, and um, yeah, it's so exciting. I've just never looked back, Jarvis. <laughs> well, well, that's awesome. I, I, I curious to, to, to find out, was there, you know, a particular speaker or something that happened at that conference that really was an eye opener for you? Was, was there anything like that? I, I don't think so. I think it was just seeing the, 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 the caliber of people and the quality of people that had made journeys around the world to get to this remote location, to go to this conference. It wasn't even advertised as a blockchain conference. You know, I'm like, hey, something's up here. I need to pay attention. So it wasn't any particular, uh, you know, we, that was in the early days when we did the ICOs and that was a, you know, right. that was a possibility. I mean, I got with my, my, my friends, the other, the other developers, and we were talking after this conference. They had more knowledge than I did, but just the, the possibility of two, two school-aged kids not having mm -hmm. a wallet, um, right. and one kid wants to buy you know, the other kid's sandwich, and he okay. just pulls up his phone and buys the other kid's sandwich right there instantly. So, you know, and then the cross-border aspect of it, because there was no, there's no borders, right? So mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the, the largest market in the world, which is foreign exchange, um, I don't know, it's like $600 million a second or something, probably more like a billion dollars a second. Uh, all that, wow, that just, you know, the possibilities just started going crazy. So, yeah, it wasn't any particular thing, but it was just the whole concept and I, I i feel very blessed and fortunate that i was able to to be there and see what was going on and what's interesting i will make an interesting note is that i had a lot of my friends telling right. me about this that mm -hmm. were not technical people and that's what's so different between web 3 and web 2 because mm -hmm. web 2 you had to have technical expertise to get into it develop it but here i have friends that have no right. technical background that are buying Bitcoin and stuff like that. So that was, that was a major difference between the two, between web two and web three. Oh. Okay. So, um, so if, you know, since you've, you, you've had this experience, could you elaborate for us then in that case, some of the, the broader points that distinguish it from, you know, web two going to, to web three. Let's, let's start there well, to, to yeah, give our so, audience. Something to talk yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's, really one fundamental fundamental difference and it's the ability to actually own something on the internet that cannot be copied <laughs> so it was the it's it's the ability or the the, the 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 functionality to create an asset that i can't copy i can't send it to you unless uh, you can't take it from me. I can't make a copy and send to you and, 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 and avoid the double spin problem, which is right. what financial intermediaries do today. They avoid the double spin problem by sitting in between and guiding mm -hmm. that, that transaction or that asset from one party to the other. Now right. on the internet, you can create this, this asset that cannot be copied, cannot be duplicated, um, and only you and you alone can right. can can authorize the trans transfer of that asset. 
Fantastic. So, so you're talking about us having the ability to, to own something on the internet in a digital space as a digital asset that is unique in itself. And that's the distinguishing fundamental where Web3 is concerned. Is that right? Absolutely. That, that is the, 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 the first, first principle of blockchain is that very concept. Without that concept, none of it would exist. And that's why none of this existed before Web3. So this invention that enables you to own an asset that's not copyable. Yep. Okay. Okay. So uh, I want to want to dive a little uh, further into the aspects that that shifted from from Web two to Web three, right? And right. in terms of the technologies that you've worked on before, you know, how cutting edge is is Web three as we know it? You know, it, is it? Um, is it right at the forefront of, of everything that it should be? Have we already passed, you know, um, have, have we already spent a decade into it and we don't know it yet? What, what are your thoughts? Um, so let's define Web 1, 2, and 3. So Web 1 was the internet without TCP IP. So what it meant was that on Web 1, which is probably the era between 80, 80, 84, to around 93, mm -hmm. 1993, um, then you, it, there was no routing. So if I was going to send you an, uh, an email on that internet as it existed that day, I had to know every hop that it went through. Okay, okay so, so I had to put, you know, Jarvis at uh, University of Texas, at University of Minnesota, at... Mm -hmm somewhere in e India, telecommunic and blah, 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 blah. So the email address could be like, you know, a page long. <laughs> um, then when we, all of a sudden, when TCP IP became the, the standard and when it started being implemented worldwide, all what TCP IP did, TCP IP did was create the routing effect. So I don't need to do that anymore. I just say Jarvis at dot. CC and it, right. it, it's, it's a routing mechanism. And of course, everything got faster and better. And, you know, um, uh, for instance, when we did Travelocity, the, the main worry was that, you know, people would get on and they couldn't get to the site because we don't, we couldn't control the routers. Right. And at the time right. it was very flaky. So it's right. like, Oh, this thing doesn't work. So we didn't have the ability to control that. Um, right. This is, <laughs> probably on an or the, the the invention of the blockchain mm -hmm. is on an order of magnitude greater than those those two web one and web two put together so wow. uh and and in terms of where we're at so if you can imagine walking around new york city you know back in uh the the early 1800s and and and, and looking around you, you would not have seen a skyscraper because it was not possible to build them, okay? When, with the advent of steel, okay, all of a sudden you could build a building more than three stories high, right. okay? So, so you, now we're at that exact place of walking around and not being able to see the buildings, right? Because they don't exist. So okay. we're all thinking now, so put everybody put themselves back into 1995, and we see the internet, we see the first browser pop up by Mark Andreessen, and right. now what are we thinking? 
wow, what could I do? Could I sell mm-hmm. books? Could I, um, could I sell travel? Would that work? Mm-hmm. Would people actually buy an airline ticket? Um, right. So that's where we're at right now. Now, skip it, skip it, just skip ahead of just a little bit to, to Web3. That's exactly where we're at. Now, one of the interesting things that has happened through this is through Web3 and, the, and, the, and the, the specific ownership of an asset that cannot be copied or transferred without mm-hmm. permission, right. we have this ability for crowdfunding that has grown all along the way, um, you know, from ICO. So Ethereum you know, they're like, how can we raise money? Ethereum was going to do an IPO originally. And right. they're like, well, we could do this on the blockchain on Bitcoin. So that's what they did. And so now we've come through these stages of, you know, which was basically kind of they were defying the the the, the regulations. And right. so now we've moved to this thing where we've kind of got a, a, a we've got a really good regulatory system behind us where that makes crowdfunding possible. That makes IDO platforms possible like at Lunar. So right. before this, this was not in any way possible, but now the regulators can't keep up with it. We can, mm-hmm. we can people from, from they are totally marginalized, marginalized from an economic perspective in countries, Africa, Indonesia, they can, right. they can actually participate and invest their money in a project. And some are right. good, some are bad. And we'll, we'll you know, at Lunum, they're all good. <laughs> no, really kidding. <laughs> but uh, so that's that's one of the most amazing things that have come come out of the space. And that's why I'm involved with at Lunum, basically. Okay, so that's, I mean, uh, Lawrence, thank you for that. Because that, you know, the, the analogy that you've given uh, when it comes to d- development and you're saying that we're at the advent of what steel is doing to the construction industry is what Web3 is going to do to the, uh, you know, blockchain is going to do to the, the industry as a whole is, is, is phenomenal because the potential is endless. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Look at the skyscrapers now and see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, given, given that, you know, we're, we're, we were waiting to see these, these, these skyscrapers, right? And we, you've also worked with, uh, Travelocity, we, we, you've sold travel on the internet, and then, of course, you've had Amazon that's done, you know, books and, and, and stuff like that. Um, when it comes to, to Web3 for, for businesses, those that are going to transition out of, of, of Web2 as it stands, um, Lawrence, how, how do you see that, that transition? I know there's some use cases, and if you could dwell on that as well, uh, but how do you see the transition really, you know, booming? Yeah, so I think... Um... I'll give you an example with with the advent of the browser. Okay. So first of all, we had Tim Berners-Lee come up with what we call hyperlinking, right? Links, but there was no real use case for that. I mean, I got a link, so I'm going to another link. And then Andreessen came up with the first browser, which was Mosaic, which is around the time frame of 94, 1994. (laughs) All of a sudden you can put all those links inside a, inside a browser Okay, and and they made sense, right? Because I could link to this, I could link to this, and then we got the worldwide. Why they call it the web? You know, it's a web of of stuff. Um, so that is kind of what's where we're at right now, because what the browser really did was create a ubiquitous interface. Up until the browser, um, right. all interfaces were custom made, so they were software that you downloaded. Okay, onto your computer, and one button looked one way on one, 
and one button looked the other way. There was a million different ways the software could actually work. With, right. the, with the browser, right. there was only one way. You click on a link. Okay. <laughs> so that's where we're, where we're headed. We're not even close to being there. Where when I, when I say ubiquitous, meaning it's just, it's, it's, um, it, everyone understands it. Everyone can use it on a browser. It's the same link. It's the same button. It just basically works the same way. So when right now with wallets and all of this stuff, we're just at the very stone age of, of, of the beginning of this to make when it becomes ubiquitous to have a wallet. Okay. Uh-huh. When it, when everybody has a wallet, everybody will understand a wallet. My, my grandkids will, will have a wallet. They'll understand it. They'll know how to use it. It'll be their identity, right? An NFT will be their identity. Uh, you won't have to have 256 unique passwords that nobody can ever guess and neither can you. So, you know, all of that's changing, right? Yeah. True. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it, it does. It does. I mean, it, it does cast the, the spotlight on the transitioning of, of you know, where the, where the use cases are coming in. Um, you know, coming, but coming, coming further into, into where, where the businesses are concerned, right, Lawrence? Uh, you know, you, you've seen, you've seen uh, Nike uh, picking, picking that up. You, you've seen uh, a, a host of other companies doing it. You have Roblox that is, you know, doing some tremendous development there. The, the industry is, is a $3 trillion industry by 2030 is, is what the projections are for McKinsey, right? Um, yes. Yeah. So, so for businesses, where, where, do you, where do you see this, you know, this okay. trend going? Who else is going to join in? Yeah. So this will be all the major global brands, right? Like you said, Nike, Puma, uh, right now, I mean, Air Baltic, check Air Baltic's NFTs, city NFTs. That is probably one of the greatest impacts that mm-hmm. is going to have on the major companies that, that, that want to introduce their brands. So Qatar Airways right now has a metaverse where you can go in and you can, you know, book your flight, you can check your seat. Uh, you can you can you can navigate around. Banking will no longer be physical. It will be uh, the the banking brands. You'll, you'll go into the branches on Sandbox, Decentraland, mm-hmm. wherever, and you'll go up to there and 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 you'll you'll open your bank account. There'll be a, a immediate uh, a hookup with a centralized exchange or a decentralized exchange for crypto, and yeah. that I think I'm glad you touched on that because I would have forgot it, but. That is such a huge impact, and it's it's hard to take in, right? Because it's just like people buying uh, uh, profile pictures, right? So, bored apes or what are they? Why do they do it, right? It's right. it's it's an emotional, it's an emotional thing, right? It, right? it doesn't make sense. It's like back in the old days, collecting baseball cards, physical baseball cards. Like I own this guy. I own this his little pose that he gave up for, you know, holding the batter and. You guys, the cricket, <laughs> the, the cricket thing, and yeah. yeah, so so I own that. That's it's an emotional thing, and it's hard if you're not a collector or somebody mm-hmm. naturally in that business. It's hard to understand. But once you buy an NFT, um, which you can see my NFT right there, it's called Nice Skunks. But mm-hmm. um, that, uh, yeah, once you do it, it becomes an emotional thing. And now I'm now I'm looking for more NFTs to collect. So. That's a huge, huge part of the business. I'd keep my eye on it. Right. So, so that that aspect of, of not just emotional. Uh, I mean, I'd rather to to, to focus it. 
Uh, it is first the the emotional connection that you have with with that digital asset, if you if you want to call it the you know the the NFT that you do, uh, and then further the use cases of whatever you feel emotionally connected to, like Nike shoes being used in the metaverse, for example. Yes, exactly. And there's more to that than I even understand, but I'm I'm excited about learning more about it. Um, it, it a, a lot of these major global brands, Gucci, I mean they're all going to be in it. So right. I think they maybe maybe Gucci already is. I'm sure they are. Or that, you know, that Birkin handbag and, you know, these things like it, that's just going to explode Jarvis, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that is, that is certainly something to, uh, you know, to look forward to uh, from, from, from a personal, from a personal point of view, from a generational point of view, like you're saying that, you know, your, your grandkids are going to be having uh, wallets and then, you know, NFTs for, the 256 passwords that they never have to uh, remember ever again, right? Yeah. I, I call it the uh, username password hairball, right? I mean, I, I might remember my password, but I can't remember my username or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is certainly certainly one of the benefits that, that is going to be there for sure. Okay. For sure. Um, uh, Lawrence, uh, tell me something. With... You know, with um, with every new technology comes this uh, this fundamental of having the right kind of infrastructure, right? Um, would it would it? How much more would it take for mass adoption of of Web three to occur? Um, you know, in in the in the entire scope that it should, right? Do you yeah. do you see some limitations there? Are there some things I, that are you know already accelerating that? What are your thoughts? No, I think it, the only thing is time. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, it's going to be faster than we think. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, I mean, you guys, you're younger. <clears throat> All of you, you, you know, you probably use banking applications on your internet. I mean, when I was in graduate school and all those, that, I mean, that wasn't even a, you, you couldn't even dream to do that. That, that was just, you know, um, I, I remember I'm a computer scientist and it's very interesting when I was in, working on my PhD in computer science, we got reports back that Japan actually had streaming video on their phones. Wow. And our reaction or my reaction as a computer scientist was that's not possible because there's not enough bandwidth. Right. And I, I just, I, I, I like basically didn't believe, I mean, I did not believe it, but I, you know, I'm like, I'm giving all the reasons why they can't do that, but actually they were doing it. So, that's what's going to happen here. It's just going to, it's just going to grow and open up and it'll be just like you guys using the banking apps on your phone or buying travel. Um, it'll be just that ubiquitous, but I think times the times the, the element and, and, and remember that a lot of people jump ahead. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's good. I mean, there's going to be, you know, 95% of the companies jumping into the internet when TCP IP was there, they failed. Right. Okay, they were they were probably jumping ahead. They were they were working on something that that was going to come, but it just wasn't quite ready. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, but that's just the pain you have to go through to move forward in technology. So, um, it's the, listen, uh, the future's bright for the for this, and it's 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 where we all need to be. Yep. Well, certainly, I, I, you know, it's interesting you, you mentioned that. I was reading a report quite recently saying that uh, Second Life, you know, from, from Linden Tech, when, when it came out, 
it was one of the first experiences of people uh, getting into the metaverse, right? And in right. in some way, even though it it had a million users at some point and dropped down to about nine hundred thousand, it was still a you know um, a great gateway into what the potential could be, uh, and may also have paved in in some way the building blocks to to where we are today. Right, I I totally agree with that. I mean, they they were built in users already for the metaverse there, for sure, and it kind of was yeah. a metaverse. It's just here's the difference between. Web 2.0 metaverse and, and Web 3.0 that you can actually own an asset in Web 3.0. So that's the difference. Um, and I'll give you an interesting, just an interesting story that I kind of learned along the way dealing with mm -hmm. gaming, uh, uh, play to earn gaming. But mm -hmm. one of the experiences I have with traditional gaming companies like, um, uh, you know, uh, just the traditional gaming companies before Web 3.0, uh, Zynga, all these guys. Okay, when what? they wanted to, guys would go in there and play these games for 10, 12 years. And all of a mm -hmm. sudden, and actually, this is what happened to Vitalik Buterin with Ethereum. He was a big Dungeon and Dragons, I think, something like that. And all yeah. of a sudden, one day, they changed his asset. They, they took his avatar and did oh. something to his avatar. And he's like, hmm, whoa, uh, I think there's a better way to do this. Right. And okay. that was kind of the birthplace of Ethereum. OK, mm -hmm. because, of course, he knew about Bitcoin. But, um, yeah, so all the difference is you can't take that asset. Once I own that avatar, once I mm -hmm. and right now, they're working on standards where my avatar can be used in in different um, different metaverses. And in fact, I wrote a paper on that, that uh, that you can't take that asset away. So no company can take that away from you. So super interesting, Jarvis, on that front. Well, well, that so that certainly is. I mean, especially this this uh, you know um, transition from from Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, th that is, of course, you know, a, a classic and a, a classic example. Uh, Lawrence, I, I want to pick your brain a little more for for more cases that you may have come across that you'd like to share with us, please. Sure. Oh, on um, you mean on um, on what, Jarvis? Yep. So on, on, you know, uh, interesting trends that you, you're seeing, interesting cases in Web3 that you, you're seeing, I mean, either from, from a transition point of view or a use case point of view in Web3 at this point. Use case, well, so we talked about crowdfunding, that all of this basically is possible because of, because of Web3 or blockchain. Um, it just wouldn't be possible before. Um, mm -hmm. Then... then um, uh, yeah, I mean, also the the the, the metaverse owning assets uh, mm -hmm. that, that can't be that can't be transferred. The fact that you know for the last years, all I've ever been paid in is um, is crypto. So if somebody wants to pay me fiat money, I really don't even know how to do it anymore. <laughs> so I mean, payments like I'll give you an example. Uh, one of my former buddies is on this call right now, Walter from Slovenia. And he, we, we, we paid our developers. We had teams mm -hmm. in Slovenia and Serbia. Uh, we had, I ended up using, making them get on a, um, one of these freelancer platforms so that okay. I could pay with credit card to, mm -hmm. to, 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 you know, into that company who then dispersed the money to them. When right. I was paying like tens of thousands of dollars a month for that privilege just to get them paid. Mm -hmm. Now right. we don't do that anymore. So 
So that's just another use case. It's just like, listen, I, I, you know, there's probably many, many, many more that I have no idea about, but I'm, I've just, you know, keep your ear to the, to the, to the, we're going to see them come through Ed Lunum. This is how you find out about these, like this new one. Um, uh, what is it? Stepping? Yeah. Where you basically yeah. move to earn. I mean, <laughs> you know, so all, all of these things, this is why at Lunum, you pay attention to the platform. We're going to bring in right. vetted projects and, um, and, and, and get good investors is, is the idea. And you'll see many, many new things coming along. Keep your mind open to them. Like I said, you know, many, a large percentage will fail, but that, that percentage will go down and down and down as we, as we yeah. move on into the, to the evolution of the actual technology itself where everybody can use it. Certainly, Lawrence. I'm, I'm certain that, that that's exactly what we're, we're going to be seeing because, uh, you know, with, with launch pads like Adlunum, you're for, for certain going to be able to, to have access to interesting projects as they start from the idea and their, their evolution going forward. Right. Yep, exactly. Cool. Excellent. So, um, okay, Lawrence. Uh, here's here's the last question that I that I have to, uh, today, and then maybe we'll take a question from the audience as well. Now, if you had, uh, you know, uh, if you had a chance to 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 tell uh, people who are not in the Web three space yet, what would your message to them be? Um, yeah, it's kind of like a normal user. I would get involved with the uh with the with the with the metaverses like uh sandbox uh decentraland um you know know what's going on there because when you buy an asset there it actually belongs to you um mm -hmm. you know look at the the space as a whole there there's mem coins there you know we call them you know yeah. part my language shit coins but th there's 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 ones with with tremendous value there that that do different things and um and, and, you know, enjoy the space, watch the space. Um, I'm not a degen myself, but, you know, there's a lot of people that just sit there and watch the, the prices go up and down and buy and sell and, you know, have fun with that. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think from an investment perspective, one of the greatest things that you can actually invest for the first time, you don't have to go through a Merrill Lynch or a... Or a yeah or an investment bank, you can actually look at projects and decide for yourself. You know, you want to, you don't have to spend a lot of money and, and just enjoying the space and the evolution of the space. It's, it's, it's happening so fast that we come from Ethereum basically launching in somewhere around 2015 as the first altcoin, really, um, you know, the big brother altcoin now to literally thousands of blockchains. So, uh, and it's a great learning experience if you enjoy learning. So I think everybody from their own perspective will come at it from a different angle. I mean, even the institutions are coming at it from their angle right now, which is right. kind of good and kind of bad because they can right now, The in my opinion, the reason we don't see Bitcoin shooting up as an inflation hedge is because, you know, they're kind of tied into the majority of the Bitcoin. In fact, we had this session on um on, on this series where, where, where uh, I can't remember the lady's name. She, she, she basically explained, well, listen, so the institutions are such, such big, big holders of Bitcoin now that they can yeah. affect their, their, you know, they're driving it with their whole, their full portfolio. 
So right. it just means that the NASDAQ 500 goes down. This what Bitcoin's going down uh, for a yeah. certain period of time. But I, I think eventually that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, um, and exactly. I mean, you know, the, the more assets that you have uh, a correlation to, uh, especially when it comes to institutional investing, they, of course, would like to hedge their portfolios across various assets, digital you know, commodities and uh, and so on and so forth. So certainly, Lawrence, that's a great insight for, for people who, you know, are, are introducing themselves to Web3 is like you, you check out what exists, uh, try to interact it with uh, interact with it a little more and then let it let it become, uh, you know, a part of, of things that you do every day. If And that's one of the ways that you can experience mass adoption, right? Absolutely. And it's coming, whether you're involved in it or not, right? So um, unless you want to go live on a farm uh, <laughs> and, and, and cut off all, all telecommunication service, but uh, it's coming and you can enjoy it. I, it's so funny. And, and this is the big difference, I think, between Web 2, Web 1.0 and Web 3. That yeah. I see people in this space that mm-hmm. know more that they're not computer scientists, they're not, you know, technical people, that they know more yeah. than a lot of computer scientists about it. Because they get in yeah. there and they use it and they, they they you know they have wallets and and um so really, really super interesting. Um I that that's one of the major differences that I see is that non-technical people can mm-hmm. use this technology right and 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 if, and if you don't use it uh, i'll mm. tell you this if you do if you if you don't use it you don't understand it it's it, to right. me it's it's impossible to understand unless you actually use it because it doesn't fit into any of the scientific scenarios right it doesn't right um so yeah so that's exciting as well well, uh, certainly. I mean, that's that's the best way to to experience something. The best way to 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 get a hold of it, to understand what Web three is and and the impact it can have on your life, right? Okay, sure. great. Um, so Lawrence, let's let's look at this. I I wanted to get um, uh, you know, uh, your your friend on today, uh, Walter, to to maybe ask a question if he has something or a comment he'd like to share. Uh, Walter, if you may have a connection, a, a speaker request that's already come to you. Uh, in the meantime, though, um, I'm going to ask uh, Natia, who is the co-founder of Adlunum, uh, as well, if she has a question to, to ask you, Lawrence. Natia, if you awesome. do, go for it. Awesome, Lawrence. Thank you so much. This was your, I absolutely loved listening to you, and I could definitely listen to you all day. Um, but so the question that I want to ask is, in light of the current market that we are facing, I mean, this is a prolonged bear market, and... For those of us who have been in the industry for a while, we know that these you know, cycles come and go. Some of them are definitely more difficult uh, and prolonged than others, but we know that there's always sort of a rainbow at the end of the cloud. Um, but for people new to the industry, what are your thoughts on how to navigate this I guess emotional roller coaster of you know seeing uh, markets go up and then also again come crashing down because of course from your experience having gotten into emerging tech so early, I mean in the 80s, in the 90s, when again I can imagine most people were saying, oh this is never going to go anywhere, you know this is all a pipe dream. So you've been seeing this for decades, but of course for people new to all of this. Um, for them, it's, oh, it's going to save the world, it's going to change the world, and the next second, it all comes crashing down. 
So right. what would your advice be for people who you know are really just getting into crypto now? Okay, so if you look at the tech, the the technicals um, behind you know trading and pricing and all of that, because that's kind of what we're referring to here, you'll see that we're not we're not out of whack with Bitcoin in terms of all the the bear markets and the bull markets. If if you look back at the highs and lows and the periods in between, we're not out of hack. we're a little bit out of hack, uh, a lot not out of hack, but out of uh, out of whack so to speak, that's, that's an American uh, kind of colloquial expression, but we're a little bit, we're, we're a little bit out of that. But please keep in mind that we just are in the middle of a perfect storm, right, economically. So you've got all of this money that was run off um, during the pandemic, trillions and trillions, and not just the United States, every country in the world, okay, which at the end of the day, everybody knows that creates inflation. Then you have then you have the pandemic, which created a supply chain issue. Okay, so now you've got parts that don't arrive on time. So you've got things that don't actually get there. So it's a supply side, supply side inflation. And then we've got a we've got a war that that nobody anticipated. Well, I didn't. Um, I think other people did better than me. But so you've got this perfect storm. You've got three systems coming together to create this incredible perfect storm. I think. You need to take that into account because that has an overall impact on the, the, the crypto market has grown to be part of the institutional space, uh, you know, which is good and sometimes kind of bad. But no, nevertheless, it is part of the institutional space now. And so all of those those the, that perfect storm creates, um, uh, you know, sell pressure, um, et cetera. I'm believing that that everybody's going to recognize that these are the blockchain crypto um, that that's going to be the hedge against inflation. The problem is there's other things going on right now and, and, and it's going to be bad, but it's, 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 it's our savior. Basically it, uh, blockchain is the savior of this situation that was coming and, and we're in it. And so we're going to, we're going to have to ride it out. Nadia. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, well, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Lawrence. Go ahead. No, I think, I think that, you know, you just have to recognize that. And it's, it's, uh, it was always going to go up and down. It's like, it's, it's like, uh, like a Tim, you know, if I'll give you an example, I have a, uh, my kind of brother-in-law, uh, he sells cars, right? So he goes, Lawrence, I put a thousand dollars into a car. I get a thousand. I get two thousand back. You know, I see this Bitcoin going up and crazy and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay. So I, I pulled up my phone and I, and it was true. I couldn't see it very well. So I, I went back to like around September of 2016 and clicked on the chart and I said, what does that say? Something like that. And he says, well, that's that says three hundred dollars for a Bitcoin or you know. <laughs> something like that so then i i pulled up to when the real bull market was going on and we were at 64 and i and i clicked on that which is you know four years down the road something like that five years and clicked on that and i said but, you know i can't see it very well because my glasses but he goes what does that say what says sixty four thousand? so i'm like oh so a bitcoin so <laughs> yeah so what is that okay 
So I think it's, it's you know, uh, what I, I guess what I'm trying to illustrate here is it's the time frame that you look at. So always Bitcoin's going to go up. It, in the end, it's going to go up. It's just it's a scientific fact. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scientific invention that will continue to rise because now we have a, a digital gold um, and other digital assets. So there's nothing that's going to change that from a technical perspective. We've got to go through some hard times and some good times, <laughs> pretty much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Lawrence, for that. I, I think that you also do kind of a, a correlation with, with Nathia's question to what it, it essentially started out as the, uh, the dot-com bust uh, when that bubble exploded, but then that also gave rise to the real, uh, you know, the, the stronger players in the market for them to have some real value coming out of, of the IT industry at the time. Absolutely. It's like Jeff Bezos. I mean, you know, they didn't, Amazon didn't make a profit till a couple of years ago. So fortunately, they were able to do their IPO, which we can do now with anything. Um, they did their IPO pre-dot-com uh, bust, right? So they, they basically banked billions and kept it in their treasury, didn't go out and spend it on a bunch of dumb stuff. And they started off selling books, which we were kind of laughing about at the time. Like, we're selling travel. You're selling books. And... Uh, and of course, now we're not laughing anymore, but um, but here he was able to ride all the storms because of the treasury. He could he could give your money back, you know, keep giving you a good product, keep creating a good customer service effect. And, you know, the, the, the rest is history. Right. So, um, yeah. So that's it. Yeah. And, and if you look at the dot com bust, what mm -hmm. we're experiencing right now is is pretty much not even close to that. I mean, right. these companies were spending millions on Super Bowl advertisements and things like this, having no idea all this was going to collapse. But then again, of course, it after collapse, it started rebuilding itself. It's kind of like a, a you know, a phoenix burying the ashes and the, and the, the, the next one comes up, gets better. So, right. um, yeah. Awesome. So, so that's exactly what we can expect from from blockchain, from the the markets as it stands. And this is just a time in which, uh, you know, the phoenix is preparing itself for its next flight. Absolutely, Jarvis. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right, Lawrence. Thank you so much for for getting on the show today and sharing your insights. I'm certain that everybody in in the room as well has learned so much. Ladies and gentlemen, give us a reaction for Lawrence. Send us a a, a heart, a clap, a peace sign. You have all those options available. So, Lawrence, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here on the show. Um, you know, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, and there was just so much to learn. Uh, you know, from from your journey and the thoughts that you shared. So, thank you once again, Lawrence, well, for being here. I feel very privileged to get to talk on this subject at this point in time because it's a it's an incredible time in history, and um, it's going to democratize and. And, 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 and give access to the unbanked peoples of the world, their own, and be able for them to be able to participate in the financial system and be able to invest. So I feel very privileged. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. It was a pleasure as all ours, Lawrence. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. This brings us to the end of our show for this week. Join us next week at the same time, same place 
on Diving Into Crypto. This is your host, JP from Ablunum INC, speaking to you about Web3. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum, the first engaged-to-earn platform with a proof-of-attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles.